welcome to episode 239 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, as mentioned on last episode, um, this will be a, another solo podcast because, again, Fong is on vacation. Uh, I'm not going to have him, have him uh, record from his vacation spot. I'm um, going to let him rest. He can take these few, <clears throat> few games off. Uh, he should be back by n soon. And I'm actually not sure when he'll be back. We'll, we'll see. But uh, welcome to episode 239. Uh, I will be going over the uh how am i having a brain fart right now um the kings versus the clippers where the in, in the first game of a back-to-back -back, uh the kings beat the clippers 123 to 96 it was an interesting game the kings played very well the clippers played terrible and there's your result and honestly the result was a honestly a little bit worse than what the what the score would indicate I'll get into it right now. So, all right. So let, let's start with this. Uh, this team was very, very injured. Uh, the Clippers, I mean. So uh, out for them, they had Luke Kennard. They had Norman Powell, Kawhi, and Paul George. There might even be more guys, but those were the most notable guys that were just out. Like these are these are rotation players. You have two superstars, basically, that were out. So this is a pretty depleted uh, Clippers team. Although if you look at that team, it's still a decent enough team. Uh, you know, you still have guys like, you know, Nick Batum, Marcus Morris, Avica Zubac, and Rick, Rick, I almost called him Ricky Jackson, Reggie Jackson, uh, Terrence Mann, Amir Coffey, he, he, he's a he's a fine, he's an okay player. But, you know, off the bench, they have like Nick Batum and uh, Robert Covington and John Wall. Like, they have they have guys, but it was not their night, uh, let's just say, to say the least. So, uh, Kings basically just took care of business. Um, they they got out early. Um, they so Sabonis kind of was the the catalyst for all that. So like I did I didn't I actually missed a bit of the opening, but um, from what I read on Twitter, apparently Zubac was really sagging off of Sabonis, and Sabonis took advantage early. He had let's see, he had 15 points and five assists in just the first quarter. Like that's how much how dominating it was. He had two threes. He had a mid range, and also got a few and ones on Zubac. Like that extra space that Zubac gave him didn't really help. Like he had one turnover, but he just he, he either closed up that space and just took it to um, Zubac, or just you know he would just shoot a jumper and the jumper was falling. So yeah, it was just a really good game, and that was the catalyst for Sabonis. The only thing, the only blemish on Sabo on Sabonis this game is that he got into foul trouble in some pretty bad calls. But yeah, he absolutely dominated this game. Ended with 24 points, uh, six assists, and five rebounds. Although doesn't really do it justice because I thought he was even more dominating that. Just like because because like guys like Sabonis, like he gets a lot of hockey assists too, and like he is the engine, he is the hub of the offense. So like he gets that offense going. And yeah, just absolutely incredible this game. 11 for 10 or 10 for 11. Only missed one shot. And I forgot what the shot he missed was, but it was, he had a dominating game. Um, so after that, they get, they, after the first quarter, they get out to a 38 to 24 uh, lead. So that is a 14 point lead. And then they open the next quarter with one of, just becoming one of my favorite players, Casey Alpala, uh, Davion Mitchell. And I, Terrence Davis, Malik Monk, and I think yeah, Chemezi Metsu, and they just they basically put the clamps on the clip on the Clippers, 
Granted, I will say this, the Clippers missed a lot of easy shots, but like they got they got stops, they got out running, they opened the second quarter on a 11-0 run. Um, it was so bad. The Clippers had one point at 7.56 to go in the third or to go in the second. They had one point at that point. That's how bad things were going. And the Kings were taking advantage. And basically after that, they built a, like, so let's see, 14. So they built a 25-point lead at that point. And basically the Clippers never truly threatened for the rest of the game. Like, they would hover around 20, but... And every now and then it would get lower than that. But after that, they just, they basically never threatened. Um, again, as I mentioned, the Clippers just could not get a shot to fall during this, during the stretch. And, you know, it continued for the rest of the game. And the I guess the worst part of this is that they, they just blew so many layups. There was one play where Terrence Mann, you know, time winding down, gets in, gets a wide open ass lane with no one kind of near to contest just throws the layup off the backboard for no reason and it's it was just it is truly one of the worst shooting games i've ever seen and like you know their jumpers just didn't go down it was just one of those kinds of games like one of the biggest examples like robert covington robert covington i feel is a guy like doesn't matter what you do on him sometimes and he'll just throw it up and he'll just go in he was 0 for 6 this game like, no one on the Clippers hit more than two threes other than Brandon Boston Jr., and that was mostly in garbage time. Like, they just could not get anything going this game. And it's and good on the Kings. They took advantage. They got out running. They they played some decent enough defense. I really love their uh, rebounding effort. And just, like, you know, it wasn't just one guy attacking, like, attacking the um, defensive rebound. Like, there will always be one or two guys, like, almost fighting each other to get the rebound. Like, to help out Sabotis, who's clearing out guys, who literally is is a rebounding, like, mag black hole all by himself. But you had guys like Fox, like, I thought was really good at just jumping in, like, to snatch rebounds and just, you know, securing securing it securing the ball and c completing the possession and then getting out on offense it, it is like you got to give the king some credit but yeah the clippers just awful on offense this game they ended up shooting 35 percent for the game but in the second quarter they so this is this is interesting so ibiza zubac is the only guy that actually shot well in this game in the second quarter um in the second quarter uh, Ibiza Zubac was five for six. He actually didn't shoot for the rest of the game, which is pretty incredible. But the rest of the Clippers, 13 of 56. Now, I don't have the uh, percentage on that, but that is really bad. <laughs> That's all you need to know. So it is. Uh, it was just an ugly game for the, for the Clippers. And yeah, they couldn't. And the Kings took advantage and took care of business. What you want to see at the, at the uh, what's it, the opening game of the back-to-back -back? And now they go back to uh, Sacramento to face the Bulls, which is kind of weird how the schedule works. Why not just have the Clippers come to come to Sacramento? That might actually be easier. I, I don't know. Um, things did get a little dicey towards the towards the end of the third and the start of the fourth. Uh, I'll just mention that right now. The league got as low as 16. Brandon Boston Jr. went on a uh, – so going into the third, first of all, it was a 21-point game. And, like, the Clippers have been just kind of hanging around for – a while at around the 20 point mark but they, they couldn't really get past that but in the in the fourth quarter they uh brandon boston jr just kind of went off a little bit and went on a 5-0 run to cut the lead to 16 
the Kings put in their starters and pushed that shit right back up to three. So, again, the Clippers played like shit, but credit to the Kings for just taking care of business and showing that, yeah, these starters are for real. Like, they're not, like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get, get, you know, you're not gonna, I guess, come back as easily as in years past where, you know, I have I have King's PTSD from just being a fan for about three years where, you know, you just see a 25-point lead just evaporate really quickly because the Kings don't play defense. They don't get good shots on offense. But at least for this game, that didn't happen. And it seems like those days for now are behind the Kings. So hopefully this maintains. And again, just really good on the Kings for taking care of business. And just hand again handling a team that was that that was struggling because again they they had b- both their superstars out and two really important role players out as well and possibly even more because it just it just looks like everyone's injured um, on that team. So um, the Clippers did uh, send in their third unit like really early in the third in the end of the third and the start of the fourth. They gave they gave the team a little bit of energy, but again they got the lead to as low as sixteen, and just basically that was it. The Kings put it back in their starters and just said, "Okay, enough fucking around." And after after pushing the lead back to thirty uh, at around I don't have the timestamp here, but basically at around the eight to seven minute mark, they they inserted the third unit, and you know that was the game. So overall, Kings played a really good game. Everyone contributed. And, like, if you look at the box score, no one truly stands out. Now, Keegan, Mur- Keegan Murray has 23 points, although a lot of that was in garbage time. Uh, or a few of those were in garbage time. He was around, like, I think 14-ish or something uh, before garbage time started. He stayed in and scored a few more points. So, Bonus is the only guy that really stands out with 24 points. But if you look at the rest of the squad... No one scored more than 14 points. Uh, De'Aaron had 14 points, but everyone else, it's an even spread. Harrison Barnes, 10 points. Um, Kevin Herter, 12 points. Malik Monk, 13 points. And Chemezi Metu, 10 points. And yeah, so it was just overall a great team effort, and everyone contributed. And it was just one of those kinds of games where things were clicking for the Kings, and then uh, things weren't clicking for the other team, which is the Clippers in in this uh, instance. So... Overall, really good balance um, team win and a great way to start the beginning of a back-to-back because, you know, Laura knows what's going to happen when they come back to the Golden 1 Center and they face against a, let's see, are the Bulls actually, the Bulls have lost some games, actually, so I don't know how well they're doing. Let me just go and check right now. I have the tab open. Let's see, Chicago is 9-13. and 13. That's not good. What are, what are the standings looking like right now on the East Oh boy, so they're the 12th seed right now. That's not good. Man, it is a it is a jumble. <laughs> um, well, not really. The West is a lot worse um, of a jumble. But yeah, oh wow, they're struggling right now. So yeah, they're gonna be angry coming into um, coming into the game. So Kings better be ready and come out strong. And also, like they have they have like some really good players. I I love Alex Caruso. Now I just wish they still had Lonzo because like. Lonzo's really good. I, I've always been advocating for the Kings to get Lonzo, but with his injury history, that's going to be really, really tricky. So, so, anyways, um, another thing I just want to quickly talk about during this game, and I, it's it's something I mentioned last uh, episode two. De'Aaron Fox, 
I, I guess he's just banged up, but at least from what I'm hearing from uh, James Ham and Sean Cunningham, the Kings beat guys, like there's a maybe some maybe he's a little beat up, but he's not going to the basket as much as I like. And also, when he goes to the basket, magical things happen because he's an inc- he's an incredible finisher with terrific footwork, great touch, and just really expert timing. You can see how Harrison Barnes's you know it, crazy, ridiculous slow steps have influence and how De'Aaron has kind of inherited that, but in his own way, like he's a brilliant finisher. Why is he not going to the basket more? And there were this is this is where it stands out most to me. He had two. Uh, there might have been more, but there were two possessions where he got Ivisa Zubac on him, and instead of attacking him, uh, one possession he passed out to Chemezi Metu to go up against. I think it was John Wall, which it was the point guard, or it might have been Terrence Mann even, which makes it even worse because that's not a mismatch. They, and Chemezi goes to work and gets stripped. Okay, really bad, really bad on Chemezi, but Fox should be attacking Ivisa Zubac instead going to the basket. And then the other possession, he just jacks up a three with Zubac on him. He's got to attack the basket in, in these situations because he puts so much pressure when he drives to the rim that, you know, that's kind of what's going to open up the offense a lot more, especially when Sabonis isn't on the floor. And again, abs- he's an absolutely brilliant finisher. I don't know why he's not uh, just you know, relentlessly pressuring the rim like he used to. Maybe it, it is because of the injuries, but, like, he's not been ter- he's not been spectacular as of late. Like, even in the Indiana Pacers game, he had 19 points. He had moments of, abs- you know, just taking over uh, and, you know, scoring at will. Why doesn't he do that more? Now, granted, the team doesn't need him to do that right now. The team is flowing, and he's, you know, he's trying to, like, set up other guys too. I get it. But at the same time, him attacking and just try and creating is is like a very is how the team takes it takes it to the next level and he needs to do more of that and i just and part of it is just like i really want him to improve his decision making sometimes again jacking up a three with a seven foot on you at the three-point line isn't the best shot you can get right by him and just you know lay it in or pass it out for a great for an open look like I just think that's the best option the Kings have, like especially when Sabonis isn't on the floor, and that's going to make the team even better. And because and right now he's not doing it, and it's a bit frustrating to watch. But I'm not going to complain too much. The Kings got the win; they, they didn't need him to score. He was trying to play make a little more. I get it, but you know, attack attack a little bit more. We need to see more, you know, aggressive De'Aaron Fox. Um, so I mentioned that um, Keegan got some minutes in the garbage time. He, he's looking like he's gotten maybe you know gotten his stroke a little bit uh, a little bit back because he he had some nice threes um in garbage time now of course they don't really matter but at the same time like he's been struggling to find his uh, shooting stroke and you know to bust out of a slump but in this game he was able to do it um a little bit and even even when he wasn't even when he when it wasn't garbage time he was still good now he wasn't hitting his threes but James Ham mentioned it it's a good thing that he's still shooting though and just shooting them like is good then you know that's gonna you know that's gonna mark you as a threat and the guys are gonna guard you out there and that's gonna provide spacing for the team and that's a good thing now 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 let's see like next game if this is real like at, at a certain point he's gonna go for like five of six from three or and you know that they're the kings are gonna dominate so i'm i'm waiting for that game to come like 
I just I just really want to see him succeed because like to open the season in summer league in uh in preseason he was absolutely knocked down and you know he's lost a bit of that but I I I can trust him to come back he definitely hit the rookie wall a little early but I hope he does get through it sooner sooner rather than later because at some point the team is gonna need him to do that okay. As, as I mentioned, absolutely love Casey, especially when he's with Davion. Like, he's a legitimate defensive stopper and a disruptor, and when combined with Davion's disruption, it, it's a it's a very nasty defensive combo. And the Kings got a, lot, got a lot of nice stops. Now, the only thing I didn't like, they did let the Clippers get to the rim quite a bit. But again, they, they were blowing layups. But, they put, you know, the Kings put a lot of pressure on the rim with, like, guys like KZ and, you know, um, Davion harassing guys. So... You know, it, it is what it is. Um, overall, just a really terrific game. And again, um, they come back to the Golden 1 Center to face the Bulls. And let's see if they can make this a three-game winning streak. Maybe get on another streak. You know, time. You know, it's always good to light the beat, even though today it literally lit at like 3 o'clock. So there might have still been sunlight. Although, Sacramento today, very gloomy because it was raining all day. It might still be raining outside right now. But yeah. All right, um, so after the commercial break, you'll be hearing me talk about the Bulls game. All right, uh, I just finished watching the Bulls game. It's actually been an hour um, after the game because I had to take some notes, had to gather some notes uh, for this ending part. But the Kings beat the Bulls 110-101. to uh, they managed to withstand a bit of a surge at the end of, at about like the beginning of the third, end of the fourth, to survive going away. Let's get into the game. All right. So the Kings finished um, the back-to-back with both wins and are now on a three-game winning streak. Uh, they came out early, uh, launching threes to the, let's just say, mixed results, but it was kind of negative. Like, I think their first four or five shots were all threes until Keegan Murray had a finger roll that he made in the, like, in, inside the arc. But um, once they started attacking the rim uh, after a timeout, things really got going. It started with a, an and-one dunk by Harrison Martins on Patrick Williams. Uh, boy, a little bit of a fall from grace for Patrick Williams a little bit. But um, anyways, yeah, they started attacking the rim. And they, that's when things got going uh, to the point where they built up an 18-point lead uh, late in the second. But in the third quarter, Zach Levine got hot. And I mean, he got hot. He just launched three after three, and they just went in. Went in like He was absolutely scorching. And he basically willed them back into the game kind of by himself, essentially. I mean, Grant, he, had, he had some help along the way, but he was the catalyst for that comeback. Um, it, the closest the Bulls ever got, they actually managed to cut the lead all the way, all the way to one early in the fourth, but the Kings were able to kind of like wake up and in crunch time, they got crucial stops. They hit big shots and slowly and slowly the Bulls started to melt down. Um, basically when the game ended was, uh, Sabonis gets the ball in the post against, I believe it was Zach Levine. It was, it it was either Zach Levine or Alex Caruso. He they double team him, and they you know Sabonis is struggling to find the open man. Instead, he does a step through, kind of gets in between them, and draws a foul on them. And Zach Levine earns a technical foul that I felt was less than deserved. Like he, this they, they need to get rid of this technical foul where the the player just kind of 
essentially just says kind of just waves at the ref like kind of you know like like you know has their arm go down like kind of in a in a not aggressive manner but like definitely in a frustrated manner that shouldn't be a technical foul like i don't know why it is i don't feel they're disrespecting the ref they're just like come on it really it like is kind of how i see it but Hey, you know what? I don't know if they're ever going to change it. So, yeah, players might need to stop doing that. But anyways, uh, the, King, um, the Kings were able to pull away after that. Uh, and after that play, the the Bulls basically just melted down. Um, very good game for the Kings to win. And good to see the Kings show resiliency, resiliency uh, despite giving up the big lead. And to a point, I don't even really blame them. It's a second night of a back-to-back, you know, you don't have fresh legs and you know you lose a little bit of focus but it it is a theme that does follow the kings a little bit where you built up a big lead and you kind of slowly let the team kind of hang around and sometimes they creep back in in the clippers game they didn't have the talent to do it but they were you know they were able to kind of cut into the lead and you know make 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 someone like me shake a little bit and in this game like you know it definitely got intense again it was a one point game early in the fourth but again they managed to turn it around and again, showing resiliency. Resiliency. Why can't I say that word right on the first time? I don't know. Um, okay, so after this game, uh, the Kings head on to the East Coast on an absolutely, uh, let's just say, murder's row of, uh, of, of games. So they start out on Wednesday against the Bucks, and then they go to Cleveland on Friday, New York on Sunday, Philadelphia on Tuesday, and then, and then the next night on Wednesday, go to Toronto. That's oh my god, that is going to be fucked. That is that is fucked. And then they end the road trip in Detroit. And even though you can say that Detroit is a bad team, that's the last game of a long road trip. And Detroit is a is a resilient team. So hey, hey said it there the first time. Um, yeah. So I don't have exactly high hopes for this uh, for this road trip. I don't think it's going to be a six-game losing streak by any means. I think I think the Kings can steal one or two games out of this, but it's going to be tough. And uh, this is a this is another just one of those brutal spots on the schedule that they're just going to have to kind of just power through. And you know we'll, we'll see what happens. Ho- hopefully they do, and uh, hopefully they come back with a dub, come back you know in good shape. But don't be too discouraged if they lose a few lose like it, it, most of these games because. Okay, East Coast trip and just a, a murder's row of teams, and maybe outside of Detroit. But again, you you go you go you play against a young team, and it can they can make things tough. Okay, all right, let's talk a little bit more in depth about the game. Uh, let's start with Malik Monk. Malik Monk ended with I had this box score up. God damn it, <laughs> he ended up with twenty. He actually led all um not led all scores, but he led the Kings with twenty points five assists and i swear to god at some point i saw five steals the the box score is very weird uh for this game but he was the he was the spark that got that got uh the kings that 18 point lead and he did it by you know spark you know starting the fast break finding guys dime diming up guys and also putting in like a fresh just you know a good amount of scoring in between like I had, when the Kings signed him, I had kind of rolled my eyes a little bit because I thought a guy like Terrence Davis could kind of do what he does because, you know, Terrence Davis, you know, microwave score and just, you know, a, a good defender and just, 
you know, I thought that's what Malik Monk was, by, minus the defense. But Malik has the playmaking touch, the playmaking instincts as well. And, you know, just an electric playmaker and shot maker. And he got the he got the Kings going on multiple occasions. Like, especially even when they were almost get, about to give up the lead in the fourth, he hits a big three to give them, I believe it was a six-point lead at that point. And the Kings kind of just took it from there. Like he's been, he's been absolutely like terrific for the Kings and there really should be consideration for him for the sixth man of the year. If he keeps playing this way, um, Casey Akpala was really good again in his minutes. I thought he guarded DeMar DeRozan really well. I thought it was a bit strange. They didn't put him on Zach Levine a little bit more, but we'll get to that. But he did not let uh, DeMar get to his spots. And most importantly, he kept him in front, like didn't really give him space to get in the rhythm. And DeMar ended up with a pretty bad shooting game. Six was it six for 18, I believe. Yeah, six for 18. And he just didn't let him have anything easy. Didn't let him get to his spots. And DeMar just couldn't find that seat. Didn't have to touch this game. He didn't miss a lot of open ones. But a lot of that is just the disruption that uh, Casey Apala had. Or the disruptive effect that he had on DeMar. Um, Metu... Uh, I, I just got to keep praising him. Just excelling in his role. Doesn't try to do too much. It is always good for one lop dunk a game or or like some sort of highlight, whether it's on defense or offense. And he just can't give him enough credit for just completely transforming into the guy that the Kings need. And, you know, better talent around him so he doesn't have to do too much. But, you know, just the, the poise to not like, you know, fall into that trap where, you know, he starts dribbling and starts to get into his bag. But instead, he's just, you know, this athletic wing that they can basically just put in for Sabonis for about, you know, how, how long did he play this game? He ended up playing 12 minutes, but like, you know, just filling filling in like whenever, um, whenever Sabonis is on the floor, just perfectly. Uh, talk about like, you know, excelling in his role. Davion is excelling in his role. Now, he didn't have an impressive box score by any means. You know, only nine points, uh, five assists. Okay, that's actually pretty good. But, like, his his impact was on defense. Like, he, when Zach Levine got hot, they put they put Davion on Zach Levine. And at first I thought, Davion might be a little too small to guard him, but Davion did a perfect job of just staying in front of him, not letting him get comfortable to his spots, and, you know, walled off the rimmed, like, either was forcing him into some bonus or walling penetration. And that really had an effect on Zach Levine because he didn't, he had about, I think, 33 in the third quarter. And he now he ended up with 41 points, but none of those points were easy when Davion was guarding him. Again, like, did not let Zach Levine get by him. He didn't let him get to, didn't let him get to his spots and was just an absolute pest against them. Like, just absolutely locked down. This is what Davy like. It's getting to the point where you know, like I don't, I almost don't think any of this is special anymore from Davion. He just, he's a dog out there, and you know, when a guy is a little too is getting his game going, they, they, you can put Davion on him and he can slow them down. I personally would still like to see more doubles, like just have some like some bonus or like Metro just blitz the guy who's hot. But hey, like when Davion can just hold a guy one on one the way he can, like you sometimes you just don't need it. Um, Keegan Murray had had it. He, now he didn't have a great scoring night, but he seems to have refound his stroke. He ended up shooting, let's see, four for seven from the field, three for five from three, and it's getting back to the point where when he shoots the ball, 
that stuff is going in. And it, you know, I'm glad he's probably like, you know, refound his rhythm because Kings are going to need it going forward. And, you know, it's good, you know, credit to him for being such a young rookie and to not stop shooting the shots that he takes. Like all, most of his shots were good shots, like even when he wasn't making them. And, you know, credit to him just for just staying confident and just keep on shooting. And, you know, the, the storm was going to pass at some point. And now, hopefully, like, this is real. Like, he he's refound his stroke and, again, can be that threat from outside. And, you know, when he is that threat from outside, he can open up the game for the rest of his team. Um, Barnes, I just have a note here. When he's aggressive, good things happen. Uh, 17 points, uh, 3 of 6 from 3. When he's when he gets points, when he's aggressive going to the rim, good things just happen. Like he is he is still, you know, very important to this team. And again, when he is aggressive, the team is better off that way. I believe James Ham had the stat, like whenever he scores more than I think 15 points, the Kings are eight and one or something like that. So, you know, keep keep this stuff up. The, the team needs you to do this right now. Uh, Fox didn't score a lot. He ended up with only 16 points, uh, four assists, and seven rebounds. I love his rebounding, by the way. He's like really skying for them. And, you know, Sabonis needs help. Like, he's not, the, he's the only guy who really boxes out. So, like, someone else sometimes needs to grab that rebound. And I thought De'Aaron did a pretty good job of that. Now, the only thing is, uh, like, his shooting slump is definitely kind of a bit concerning. Now, he didn't go to the rim as like that much this game. But I just felt he got a lot of raw deals in terms of just no calls when he goes into the rim. He ended up get, picking up a tech, I believe, in the third or the fourth, where he goes to the basket. And, you know, Goran Dragic, like, kind of has a has a hand on his hip. And then Patrick Williams blocks the shot, but before that kind of hits him in the head. He's not getting a lot of calls, and I, I, I can understand why his hesitancy of going to the rim if you know, the like, the refs just aren't going to give you that respect. But he's got to keep attacking. And I thought this game he was a little better, but he is he is a little getting a little three happy for my liking. Um, but you know, overall, like the team doesn't need him to be amazing right now because everyone else is playing so well. So, you know, I hope he finds a stroke soon because like the king in order for the Kings to take that next step, they will need it from uh they will need it from uh De'Aaron. Uh, Herter had a had a horrible shooting night. Five for 18, one for 11 from three. However, he still found ways to contribute. He, I, now, this is like, I didn't know he had this in this game, but he has the, that little true holiday pull-up shot on the right on the right baseline. Now, he hit two of those, and then in crunch time, hit a really, really nice kind of, what I call them sneaky lay, layups, where you just don't expect him to actually shoot it. And, you know, he dribbled around the basket. You thought he was going to pass it out, but instead he just flips it in over his head. Like, he is a he is a sneaky good finisher. And, you know, again, even though he's not shooting well, he finds ways to contribute. And in this game, this is a perfect example of it. 12 points, three assists. Like, he, was, he, he definitely felt a lot more impactful out there than what his box score numbers would say. Now, this is a weird one, but Sabonis gets his uh, tr first triple-double even though I swear to God, I saw at the end of the game that he, in the box score that he had nine assists, but magically he was given an extra assist. So congratulations to Sabonis for getting his first triple-double. He only had four shots in this game, but when he was out there, he was absolutely impactful. He, he had 10 assists this game, and, you know, just what, again, the hub of the offense, like, 
the team is so much better with him on the floor, just, you know, with his size and despite his lack of rim protection, like he is a presence down there. And, you know, he is, he, he's so important to this team. And, uh, you know, I don't think he gets enough love for just how big he is because he doesn't really like put up great numbers, only 11 points, but did have 17 rebounds and 10 assists. Like he is kind of the war. He is kind of the foundation of this team. And, you know, God forbid, like he, his offensive game is, you know, plus a little bit more scoring. It's a little bit kind of like Draymond Green in terms of just the way he's able to unlock the offense, unlock everyone else cutting, and just being able to be the hub of the offense in a way kind of like what Draymond is. But, you know, Sabonis doesn't have Steph Curry on his team. Sabonis doesn't have Clay Thompson on his team. But he's, but he's able to make this roster work. He's the guy that brings it all together. And, you know, he, he legit, you know, like him and De'Aaron, Deserve all-star nods uh, going forward, you know? Okay, let's quickly talk about the Bulls players. Like, I love Alex Caruso. He ended up not scoring, which surprised me, but he was just everywhere. Like, just his arms were on defense just everywhere, getting his getting deflections, getting just, like, getting blocked shots. He is, he's so aggressive, and, like, De'Aaron is like just would not attack him one on one. He needed a screen or he would pass it off. And just he he's a winning player. And it's unfortunate right now that the Bulls just aren't as good as they should be, like especially without Lonzo, like the other piece of the puzzle and Lord knows when he's going to come back. But like Caruso was so good. Like I I would like Kings would love a player like him. I wish the Kings had um cap space the year he was a free agent because he's a team, he's a player that every team needs. Now his scoring really just isn't where it needs to be. Like, he's not a great offensive player, but he's definitely a connector type. Like, he's definitely ready to make that extra pass, but it, don't be asking him to score too much because that's really not part of his game. But he does so many other things well that you don't you don't mind that stuff from him, you know? Um, as I mentioned, DeMar DeRozan had a weird game or a, a bad shooting game just because I thought the defenders did such a good job on him. Uh, Zach Levine was an absolute, like, you know, flamethrower, but down the stretch, he just kind of gassed out, just having to, you know, put the team on his back because the rest of his team wasn't doing well. And I had said, like, they needed to double Zach Levine, like, when he was getting hot because also the starting lineup, not all that many shooters. Like, they're, so Vucevic is a really good shooter. Levine, of course, is a very, very good shooter. And then Kobe White's a good shooter, but Kobe White's coming off the bench and, and, you know, everyone else basically is a guy you're not all that worried about shooting from three. Like, Caruso isn't a good shooter. DeMar doesn't really take threes. Pat Williams is not great. So, like, that's why I thought the Kings needed to just double him. But, you know, it is what it is. It ended up working out. And, again, Davion was able to cover him one-on-one -on -one just fine. So, they didn't need it. But, you know, I would like to see, like, more blitzes, especially when a guy's going off like that. Just make someone else beat you. Um, who else do I want to quickly talk? No, that's basically it. No one else on the on on the Bulls like really interests me. Like I thought Vucevic had more points. Um, yeah, Vucevic, man, uh, that trade uh, to Orlando just doesn't look great. And you know, I had set like one of the reasons why, like during that uh, opening stretch, why they were shooting so many threes and why that was kind of frustrating, like me and probably a lot of Kings fans. Vucevic is back there. And Vucevic is not good at protecting the rim. And also, he's just, like, especially if he's out of the lane, there is no hope for the Bulls' defense. And, you know, they attack the rim, and they end up winning this game because 
you know, you got to take advantage of the things of the items that or like the situations that you're given. And the Kings did just that. And that's why they came out with the win. All right. Uh, I just finished watching the Bulls game. It's actually been an hour um, after the game because we got had to take some notes, had to gather some notes uh, for this ending part. But the Kings beat the Bulls 110 to 101. Uh, they managed to withstand a bit of a surge at the end of about like the beginning of the third, end of the fourth to survive going away. Let's get into the game. All right. So the Kings finished um, the back-to-back with both wins and are now on a three-game winning streak. Uh, they came out early, uh, launching threes to, the let's just say, mixed results, but it was kind of negative. Like, I think their first four or five shots were all threes until uh, Keegan Murray had a finger roll that he made in the like in, inside the arc. But um, once they started attacking the rim uh, after a timeout, Things really got going. It started with a, an and one dunk by Harrison Martins on Patrick Williams. Uh, boy, a little bit of a fall from grace for Patrick Williams a little bit. But um, anyways, yeah, they started attacking the rim. And they that's when things got going uh, to the point where they built up an 18-point lead uh, late in the second. But in the third quarter, Zach Levine got hot. And I mean, he got hot. He just launched three after three, and they just went in, went in like, he was absolutely scorching. And he basically willed them back into the game kind of by himself, essentially. I mean, Grant, he, had a, he had some help along the way, but he was the catalyst for that comeback. Um, it The closest the Bulls ever got, they actually managed to cut the lead all the way, all the way to one early in the fourth. But the Kings were able to kind of like wake up. And in crunch time, they got crucial stops. They hit big shots. And slowly and slowly, the Bulls started to melt down. Uh, basically, when the game ended was uh, Sabonis gets the ball in the post against, I believe it was Zach Levine. It was it, it was either Zach Levine or Alex Caruso. He, they double-team him, and they, you know Sabonis is struggling to find the open man. Instead, he does a step-through, kind of gets in between them, and draws a foul on them. And Zach Levine earns a technical foul that I felt was less than deserved. Like, he... This, they, they need to get rid of this technical foul where the, the player just kind of essentially just says, kind of just waves at the ref, like kind of, you know, like, like, you know, has their arm go down, like kind of in a, in a not aggressive manner, but like definitely in a frustrated manner. That shouldn't be a technical foul. Like, I don't know why it is. I don't feel they're disrespecting the ref. They're just like, come on. It, really? It, like, it's kind of how I see it, but. Hey, you know what? I don't know if they're ever going to change it. So, yeah, players might need to stop doing that. But anyways, uh, the, King, um, the Kings were able to pull away after that. Uh, and after that play, the the Bulls basically just melted down. Um, very good game for the Kings to win. And good to see the Kings show resiliency, resiliency uh, despite giving up the big lead. And to a point, I don't even really blame them. It's a second night of a back-to-back, you know, you don't have fresh legs and, you know, you lose a little bit of focus. But it, it is a theme that does follow the Kings a little bit where you built up a big lead and you kind of slowly let the team kind of hang around. And sometimes they creep back in. In the Clippers game, they didn't have the talent to do it. But they were, you know, they were able to kind of cut into the lead and, you know, make, make, make someone like me shake a little bit. And in this game, like, you know, it definitely got intense. Again, it was a one-point game early in the fourth. 
But again, they managed to turn it around. And again, showing resiliency. Resiliency. Why can't I say that word right on the first time? I don't know. Um, okay, so after this game, uh, the Kings head on to the East Coast on an absolutely, uh, let's just say, murder's row of, uh, of, of games. So they start out on Wednesday against the Bucks, and then they go to Cleveland on Friday, New York on Sunday, Philadelphia on Tuesday, and then and then the next night on Wednesday go to Toronto. That's oh my god, that is going to be fucked. That is that is fucked. And then they end the road trip in Detroit. And even though you can say that Detroit is a bad team, that's the last game of a long road trip. And Detroit is a is a resilient team. So hey, hey, said it there the first time. Um, yeah. So I don't have exactly high hopes for this uh, for this road trip. I don't think it's going to be a six game losing streak by any means. I think I think the Kings can steal one or two games out of this, but it's going to be tough. And uh, this is a this is another just one of those brutal spots on the schedule that they're just going to have to kind of just power through and. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Ho- hopefully they do. And uh, hopefully they come back with a dub. Come back, you know, in good shape. But don't be too discouraged if they lose a few, lose like it, it, most of these games. Because, okay, East Coast trip and just a, a murder's row of teams that maybe outside of Detroit. But again, you, you, go, you, go, you play against a young team and it can, they can make things tough. Okay. All right. Let's talk a little bit more in depth about the game. Uh, let's start with Malik Monk. Malik Monk ended with I had this box score up. God damn it! <laughs> he ended up with twenty. He actually led all, um, not led all scores, but he led the Kings with twenty points, five assists, and I swear to God, at some point I saw five steals. the The box score is very weird uh, for this game, but he was the he was the spark that got that got uh, the Kings that eighteen point lead, and he did it by you know spark you know starting the fast break. Finding guys, dime, diming up guys, and also putting in like a fresh, just you know, a good amount of scoring in between. Like I, when the Kings signed him, I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit because I thought a guy like Terrence Davis could kind of do what he does. Because you know, Terrence Davis, you know, microwave score and just you know, a, a good defender, and just you know, I thought that's what Malik Monk was by minus the defense, but Malik has the playmaking touch, the playmaking instincts as well. And, you know, just an electric playmaker and shot maker. And he got the, he got the Kings going on multiple occasions. Like, especially even when they were almost about to give up the lead in the fourth, he hits a big three to give them, I believe it was a six point lead at that point. And the Kings kind of just took it from there. Like he's been, he's been absolutely like terrific for the Kings. And there really should be consideration for him for the sixth man of the year if he keeps playing this way. Um, Casey Akpala was really good again in his minutes. I thought he guarded DeMar DeRozan really well. I thought it was a bit strange they didn't put him on Zach Levine a little bit more, but we'll get to that. But he did not let uh, DeMar get to his spots. And most importantly, he kept him in front, like didn't really give him space to get into rhythm. And DeMar ended up with a pretty bad shooting game. Six was a six for 18, I believe. Yeah, six for 18, and he just didn't let him have anything easy, didn't let him get to his spots, and DeMar just couldn't find that seat, didn't have to touch this game. He didn't miss a lot of open ones, but a lot of that is just the disruption that uh, Casey Apala had, or the disruptive effect that he had on DeMar. 
Um, Metu, I, I, I just got to keep praising him. Just excelling in his role. Doesn't try to do too much. It is always good for one lop dunk a game or or like some sort of highlight, whether it's on defense or offense. And he just can't give him enough credit for just completely transforming into the guy that the Kings need. And, you know, better talent around him so he doesn't have to do too much. But, you know, just the the poise to not, like, you know, fall into that trap where, you know, he starts dribbling and starts to get into his bag. But instead, he's just, you know, this athletic wing that they can basically just put in for Sabonis for about, you know, how, how long did he play this game? He ended up playing 12 minutes, but like, you know, just filling, filling in like whenever, um, whenever Sabonis is on the floor, just perfectly. Um, talk about like, you know, excelling in his role. Davion is excelling in his role. Now he didn't have an impressive box score by any means, you know, only nine points, uh, five assists. Okay. That's actually pretty good. But like his, his impact was on defense. Like he, when Zach Levine got hot, they put they put Davion on Zach Levine. And at first I thought Davion might be a little too small to guard him, but Davion did a perfect job of just staying in front of him, not letting him get comfortable to his spots and, you know, walled off the rimmed, like either was forcing him into some bonus or walling penetration. And that really had an effect on Zach Levine because he didn't, he had about, I think 33 in the third quarter. And he now he ended up with 41 points, but none of those points were easy when Davion was guarding him. Again, like did not let Zach Levine get by him. He didn't let him get to didn't let him get to his spots and was just an absolute pest against them. Like just absolutely locked down. This is what Davion like it's getting to the point where, you know, like I don't I almost don't think any of this is special anymore from Davion. He just he's a dog out there. And, you know, when a guy is a little too is getting his game going. They, they, you can put Davion on him and he can slow them down. I personally would still like to see more doubles, like just have some like some bonus or like Metro just blitz the guy who's hot. But hey, like when Davion can just hold a guy one on one the way he, he can, like you sometimes you just don't need it. Um, Keegan Murray had had it. He, now he didn't have a great scoring night, but he seems to have refound his stroke. He ended up shooting, let's see, four for seven from the field, three for five from three. And it's getting back to the point where when he shoots the ball, that stuff is going in. And, it, you know, I'm glad he's probably, like, you know, refound his rhythm because Kings are going to need it going forward. And, you know, it's good, you know, credit to him for being such a young rookie and to not stop shooting the shots that he takes. Like, all, most of his shots were good shots, like, even when he wasn't making them. And, you know, credit to him just for just staying confident and just keep on shooting and, you know, the, the storm was going to pass at some point. And now, hopefully, like, this is real. Like, he he's refound his stroke. And, again, can be that threat from outside. And, you know, when he is that threat from outside, he can open up the game for the rest of his team. Um, Barnes, I just have a note here. When he's aggressive, good things happen. Uh, 17 points, uh, 3 of 6 from 3. When, he's, when he gets points, when he's aggressive going to the rim, good things just happen. Like he is, he is still, you know, very important to this team. And again, when he is aggressive, the team is better off that way. I believe James Ham had the stat, like whenever he scores more than I think 15 points, the Kings are eight and one or something like that. So, you know, keep, keep this stuff up. The, the team needs you to do this right now. 
Uh, Fox didn't score a lot. He ended up with only 16 points, uh, four assists, and seven rebounds. I love his rebounding, by the way. He's like really skying for them. And, you know, Sabonis needs help. Like, he's not, the, he's the only guy who really boxes out. So, like, someone else sometimes needs to grab that rebound. And I thought De'Aaron did a pretty good job of that. Now, the only thing is, uh, like, his shooting slump is definitely kind of a bit concerning. Now, he didn't go to the rim as, like, that much this game. But I just felt he got a lot of raw deals in terms of just no cause when he goes into the rim. He ended up get, picking up a tech, I believe, in the third or the fourth, where he goes to the basket. And, you know, Goran Dragic, like, kind of has a, has a hand on his hip. And then Patrick Williams blocks the shot, but before that kind of hits him in the head. He's not getting a lot of calls, and I, I I can understand why his hesitancy of going to the rim if you know the like the refs just aren't going to give you that respect. But he's got to keep attacking, and I thought this game he was a little better, but he is he is a little getting a little three happy for my liking. Um, but you know overall, like the team doesn't need him to be amazing right now because everyone else is playing so well. So you know I hope he finds his stroke soon because like. The king, in order for the Kings to take that next step, they will need it from uh, they will need it from uh, De'Aaron. Uh, Herder had a had a horrible shooting, like five for 18, one for eleven from three. However, he still found ways to contribute. He I, now this is like I didn't know he had this in his game, but he has the, that little true holiday pull up shot on the right on the right baseline. Now he hit two of those, and then in crunch time hit. A really, really nice kind of what I call them sneaky lay, layups where you just don't expect him to actually shoot it. And you know, he dribbled around the basket. You thought he was gonna pass it out, but instead he just flips it in over his head. Like he is a he is a sneaky good finisher. And you know, again, even though he's not shooting well, he finds ways to contribute. And in this game, this is a perfect example of it. 12 points, three assists. Like he was, he he definitely felt a lot more impactful out there than what his box score numbers would say. Now, this is a weird one, but Sabonis gets his uh, tr first triple double. Even though I swear to God, I saw at the end of the game that he, in the box score that he had nine assists, but magically he was given an extra assist. So congratulations to Sabonis for getting his first triple double. He only had four shots in this game, but when he was out there, he was absolutely impactful. He, he had 10 assists this game, and, you know, just what, again, the hub of the offense, like, the team is so much better with him on the floor, just, you know, with his size, and despite his lack of rim protection, like, he is a presence down there, and, you know, he is, he, he's so important to this team, and, uh, you know, I don't think he gets enough love for just how big he is, because he doesn't really, like, put up great numbers, only 11 points, but did have 17 rebounds and 10 assists. Like he is kind of the war he is kind of the foundation of this team. And you know, God forbid, like he his offensive game is, you know, plus a little bit more scoring. It's a little bit kind of like Draymond Green in terms of just the way he's able to unlock the offense, unlock everyone else cutting, and just being able to be the hub of the offense in a way kind of like what Draymond is. But you know, Sabonis doesn't have Steph Curry on his team, Sabonis doesn't have Clay Thompson on his team, but he's but he's able to make this roster work. He's the guy that brings it all together. And, you know, he he legit, you know, like him and De'Aaron deserve all-star nods uh, going forward, you know?